welcome back to Search the Scriptures. So good to be back with all of our listeners again. What a blessing it is to be able to open up God's Word and study it together over the open airwaves of radio without any fear of some kind of legal authority stepping in and saying, you can't teach that. you got to shut this down. You can't talk about God. You can't read the Bible. You know, it's that way in some parts of the world, or at least close to it. Not so here, and how blessed we are to be able to do exactly what we do every day on, on Search the Scriptures. We ought to never take that blessing, that freedom for granted. Right. We ought to take advantage of it. We ought to thank God for it, and we need to utilize it while we have this freedom and ability. Our prayer is that as we get together and get into God's Word, dig deep into those scriptures, look at those rich teachings and truths, the promises, the direction, the guidance, the blessings, and yes, even the corrections and the rebukes and the chastisement, all of those there for our own good to guide us in the best life that we can possibly live on this earth with the greatest hope, and that is eternal life, and the greatest direction toward heaven itself. That's right and eternal life with God and Christ therein. Our prayer is that our listeners are learning, that it's making a great impression for good in their lives, and that it is equipping you to, become, to come to the point where you're ready to make up your mind to come to God through Christ for forgiveness and salvation, to give your life to Him, to live your life dedicated to Him and following His teachings, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ, as your Lord and Savior and God's Son, and surrendering to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and rising up to walk that new life, that new life in Christ, that life of new birth, new direction, a new being. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. Great to be back today, Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be on the program, and it's always encouraging to listen to you as you open our study. It means so much to receive encouragement every day from God's words or thoughts according to God's word. And we hope that you are again encouraged. Welcome to the program. We are so glad that you are listening. Amen. Amen. And Dwayne, we want to remind our listeners that they can always receive a copy of today's program or any of our programs and search the scriptures on CD for free. That's right. All they have to do is contact us and ask for them. And uh, also, we always offer that free Bible study. Yes. And when we say free, it is exactly that, isn't it? It is. No charge. We'll even take care of the postage both ways. All you have to do is contact us and ask for it. We never charge anybody for teaching God's Word. That's right. We want to help you come to understand God's will for your life better so that you can be with God forever in heaven. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and at the end of the program today, we'll tell you how to contact us and how to receive, and all you have to do is ask for them, that Bible study, and also a copy of today's lesson if you would like that as well. So be ready, and we'll give you that information in just a little while. Dwayne, we're going to start a new study today, and this is one that ought to be up front in everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can the devil make you sin? Oh, boy. Now, you were reminded uh, when, you, uh, when we were 
getting ready for the program today, reminded of an old comedian. Yeah, we're about to date ourselves. by. Flip Wilson, some of you might remember him. He was known for the saying, the devil made me do it. Yeah, <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> uh, that's not really true, is it? No. <laughs> it's a cop-out. Yeah. He got a lot of laughs. He did. With it. Uh, and, and a lot of people, they, you know, we live in, in such a, a, a culture of, of victimization where nobody's responsible for their actions anymore. Right. If they're exactly. negative actions, yeah. you know. Now, if they're good positive actions, then a whole lot of people are ready to take credit for those. But if they've done something wrong, if they've committed a crime, if they've landed in jail, if they've hurt somebody or killed somebody or whatever it might be, you know, all kinds of defenses now. It's Nobody's not, responsible. Not really We're a my victim fault. Victim of something. Yeah, that's right. Victim of society. Victim of our culture. Victim of poverty. Victim of our environment, you know, <laughs> a victim of, uh, and, and unbelievably, some years back, somebody tried a, a the, you know, what's called now the Twinkie defense. You know, he, uh, <laughs> he committed some kind of violent crime, I believe, and, and uh, his, his defense attorney actually tried to, to excuse it by saying he'd eaten a bunch of Twinkies that day or something, and the sugar rush just, you know, made him go crazy. Amazing. Uh, and, and people will talk about how they got drunk, you know, and, and they, you know, just went crazy. They didn't know what they were doing or drugs or whatever it might be. Anger. They lose, they lose control. But the truth is we make our choices. That's right. And we're responsible for our choices. We are responsible and will be held accountable. Absolutely so. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, our Lord gave us the basic reason why he came to this earth. That's right. What did he say? For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And of course, he was talking about mankind. Right. Because of our sin. In, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13, Jesus made a similar statement, didn't he? Yes, he did. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, lest some of us kind of swell up with self-pride and arrogance, let's understand who the sinners are right. whom he came to call to repentance. He's not talking about somebody else <laughs> no he's not and not taking responsibility sometimes that's the way we think oh he, he surely doesn't mean me oh yeah yeah it's somebody it's everybody else anybody <laughs> else yeah you know let's turn to Romans chapter 3 and how about reading verses 9 through 12 to begin with what then are we better than they not at all for we have perceived we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together come, become unprofitable. 
There is none who does good, no, not one. Pretty scathing yeah. text there, Dwayne. I mean, and you think about what he says, all are under sin. Now, when he says Jews and Greeks, again, that's that, that's that uh, mentality, that Jewish mentality of that day. There right. were only two groups of people in the world in their mind, and that was themselves and everybody else. That's right. And everybody else was variously referred to as Greeks or barbarians or heathens or Gentiles. And so this is simply one of those references, Greeks. So it says both Jews and Greeks, that's everybody in the world. Right. You know, the, the, the Jewish readers who would have read this initially, they would have understood that. They're all under sin. So that's everybody. And then he goes on and says, none righteous. No, not one. None who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Amazing. I mean, it's scathing. Yeah, this is a passage from which there is no escape. So that's talking about every <laughs> human being yeah, who yeah. is capable of understanding the concept of right and wrong, the concept of righteousness and unrighteousness, the concept of sin. Every one of them is guilty. Right. What about verse 23? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you didn't get it in verses 9 through 12, that puts it succinctly in verse 23, doesn't it? That's right. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How about turning to 1 Kings chapter 8? 1 Kings chapter 8. While you turn over there, I'm going to turn over to Galatians chapter 3. This is not, this text in Romans 3 is not the only place we find this particular charge. Right. In Galatians 3 and verse 22, the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. All under sin. Again, everybody. Now in 1 Kings chapter 8 and uh, verse how about reading verse um, 46? When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to the land of the enemy far or near. So there is none who does not sin. That's right. Again, we get it Old Testament, we get it New Testament. If we turn a little farther here in, uh, in the book of Romans here to chapter 5, and you look down to verse 12, what does that say again? Therefore, just as though through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Because all have sinned. Right. We read it over and over and over again, don't we? We do. Now, what we need to understand, all of us, you and I, all of our listeners, everybody out there, that means us, doesn't it? Yes. That means you and me, each one of us, is guilty of sin. What's the wages of sin? Death. Wayne? Death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Right, the wages of sin is death. Yes. Now, but we have hope, don't we? We do. Because that same verse tells us what the hope is. Right. And that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Lord. 
So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's hope there. But first, we've got to come to understand that we're sinners and we need forgiveness. We do and we are. Yes, yes. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 5 again and read verses 6 through 10. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So there is the blessing of God sending Christ into this world to go to the cross to serve as our ultimate sacrifice for the guilt of our sins. Right. Now, when it says there in verse 6 that Christ died for the ungodly, then who is that, Dwayne? Based on what we've read in all these other verses. That's all of us. Yeah, that's that's for all of us were sinners. Us. All of us were ungodly. Yes, yes. Now we might tend to look at somebody whom we perceive as living a more ungodly life than we are, and we might point our finger at them and say, "That's a that's a an ungodly person over there. That's a bad person over there. That's a uh, you know just somebody who is doing terrible things." But now, when we're pointing our finger, there's three fingers pointing back at us. That's right. We cannot make a case for our righteousness on the back of someone else's unrighteousness. That's right. And based on all of these verses we've read telling us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all are under sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. The ungodly, that's us. That's us. That's us. Now, it's that person over there who commits all those crimes, too. It is. Who murders and steals, and, and it's those people we see in public who are cussing every other sentence that they use, uh, people who cheat on their wives and cheat on their husbands, uh, people who beat their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, all, all, those, it's all of those, it's us, too, though. That's right, and as I said earlier, we cannot escape from the fact that we are ungodly as well. Yes. So he died for the ungodly. That's us. He died for us while we were still sinners. Yes. He died for us while we were enemies of God That's right. because of our sin. Yes. Those are realities that we need to grasp. We need to not think that yeah, everybody else, they're sinner. Or there are a whole lot of worse people in the world than us. Well, there may be a whole lot of worse people in the world than us. Yes. We're still bad people except through Jesus Christ. Amen. When that rich young man came to Jesus and said, Good master, what 
good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that's the Father in heaven. That's right. Well, if Jesus would say that to that man, we have no place to somehow beat our chest and in self-pride declare how good we are. We're not like somebody else. That's right. For God is our creator, and he beholds our hearts. Yes. And sees every sin and ungodly thing that's there. It's interesting, the self-assessment that the Apostle Paul made in writing his first letter to Timothy. It is interesting. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, what does he say? This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now here's an apostle of Jesus Christ, a divinely chosen and appointed apostle. Selected by Christ. God himself. A gospel preacher. Yes. Faithful, dedicated Christian. Now he really dedicated his life to the spread of the gospel, to Christ. And yet, as he's writing this, he said, Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, if an apostle of Jesus Christ, he wrote more New Testament books than any other inspired writer. And yet he still called himself the chief of sinners. He did. Now some of that may have been a reflection back to his days before becoming a Christian. Right. When he was a, tr a, you know, a terrible enemy of the church and of Christ. But he's writing this as an apostle. Yes. And years have gone by and he's done tremendous work from our perspective mm -hmm. for the cause of Christ. And yet he still says... I'm the chief of sinners. Well, he compared himself to Christ and found that he was standing in contrast. And as I said earlier, he was not building his back on the ungodliness of others. It's, it's a horrible thing when we do that. Yes, yes. He recognized, even at that state of his life, his need for God's grace right. through Christ. His need for forgiveness. And we all need that forgiveness on an ongoing basis because we all continue to make mistakes. Even when we're trying our best, Yes, we still sin. And therefore, we still need forgiveness. Christ came to bring the opportunity for that forgiveness. What a blessing that is. It is. He came into this world to bring the opportunity that all mankind could be saved. Unfortunately, most of mankind turned their back on the, on the opportunity. Unfortunately. And they follow the lead of the enemy of Christ, and that is the devil. That's right. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. 
because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the devil seeks our eternal destruction. Yes. Our eternal condemnation. And sin is the key. Sin separates us from God. Isaiah chapter 59. Yes. And if the devil can lure us into sin, then as long as we stay in that sin, as long as we don't repent of it and seek God's forgiveness, his way, then the devil has won. That's right. So sin is the key. We each need to ask ourselves the question. Again, we've, all, we've, we've seen all these texts of Scripture, and we could read more that tell us we're all guilty of sin. Mm-hmm. And the wages of sin is death. So sin is the key. Each of us needs to ask ourselves, where is my life in relation to sin? In relation to righteousness? In relation to salvation? Am I still living in sin? Yes. And now, understand, just because you may not be living with some woman or some man out of wedlock, and you say, oh, I'm not living in sin, are you living a life of righteousness? Right. If you're not, you're living in sin. Now, it might be unfaithfulness to God. That's sin. It might be that you're living a life of violence that's living in sin you may be a a liar on a chronic level right lying all the time that's living in sin you may be a drunkard that's living in sin you may be abusing drugs that's living in sin might have serious anger issues that's exactly right god told us to get rid of all anger and that's living in sin that's right you may Use profanity, cursing on a continual basis and not turning away from that. That's living in sin. You may be slanderous. Exactly right. You may be a gossip. That's living in sin. It is. So be careful about pointing the finger at others and say, I'm not doing that. They're they're really living a sinful life. You might be living a sinful life in some other way. We just need to study God's word and find out what pleases him. And what displeases him. Yes. Now, God is on our side. Christ is there as our Savior. He wants us to turn to him for that salvation, for that forgiveness, for that redemption. But now the devil is on the other side of us trying to pull us into sin, trying to keep us in sin. He's a very active and powerful force, but he's not as powerful as God. No, he isn't. And despite the fact that he is relentless, he can be detained. (laughs) That's right. And stopped. The question of our study is, can the devil make you sin? Now, we commit sin. We've, We've established that. We've all been guilty. But did the devil make us do that? Now, the answer, the short answer is no. We made our choices. We continue to make our choices. That's right. And we're going to dig deeper into this in our next program.
In just a moment, we'll tell you how you can receive that free Bible study by mail, and it is free, and you can study how you can be forgiven of your sins and come to salvation through Jesus Christ right from God's Word. Contact us right away.